Farley shook his head. No, no, a child is his, David Brown's and the dead woman's. Anyone else live here, McLean asked. Cinnamon Brown. She's 14, a Brown's daughter by an earlier marriage. They think she did it. Who thinks? Farley inclined his head in David Brown's direction. Him and Bailey. Cinnamon's gone. Farley said the patrol officers had searched the house, the garage, a travel trailer in the backyard, and a dog pen, but they'd found no sign of Cinnamon Brown. Fred McLean observed David Arnold Brown. The man looked about 45, but Farley had said he was actually only 32. Brown looked as though he seldom exercised. His hair was dark brown and thinning. Acne scars marred his face. There was a sheen of perspiration on his face, and his hand shook as he lit yet another cigarette. But when he spoke, his voice was startling. It was a deep baritone, and Brown answered McLean's questions easily and with authority. Painful as it was, he had apparently accepted the fact that his daughter Cinnamon was the shooter. It was almost, McLean thought, as if Brown had seen disaster coming and yet been incapable of heading it off. Brown explained that he lived with Linda and their eight-month-old baby, Crystal. Linda's sister, Patty, lived with him, too, because her mother was a chronic alcoholic. And Cinnamon? asked McLean. Well, Cinnamon's mother and I were divorced ten years ago. Cinny's been back and forth between us. Uh, she's been with us this time since sometime last fall. The picture Brown painted of Cinnamon was of an angry girl who did not fit in with the family and who resisted her father's attempts to get help for her. Did anything special happen today or yesterday, McLean asked, that might have escalated the situation? Brown shook his head slowly as he reached for another cigarette. He remembered that his parents, Manuela and Arthur Brown, had come over and spent most of the day with them playing cards. Cinny only played about half a game, uh, then she left. She might have gone out to her trailer. Trailer, McLean prompted. David Brown explained that Cinnamon had been living in a little travel trailer in the backyard for about three weeks, although she usually came into the house for meals and to watch television. There had been problems between Cinnamon and Linda. They just didn't get along, Brown sighed. There were continual problems between them. Brown recalled that on the evening before, he had picked up some fast food about 6.30, and after the family ate, they'd resume playing cards. My folks must have left about nine, Brown said. Linda and I went to bed, but we'd had a little argument, and I was upset, and I couldn't get to sleep. Brown's solution to insomnia had been to take a drive. He had dressed and driven to the 24-hour store near his home, and then to the beach where he could sit and think. He was away from his home, he figured, for only an hour or so. When he got back to the house, Patty Bailey, with Crystal in her arms, had met him in the hallway. She was shaking, crying. She was almost hysterical, and she said Cinny had tried to kill her. David Brown hadn't been home when the shooting took place but Patty Bailey had been there. 
She had known David Brown well, she told McLean, since she was a child. Later, after David and Linda married, they all got along and had no problems. Patty was a pale, pretty girl with long, ash-blonde hair. She was small, but she had wide shoulders and hips and full breasts. She spoke softly, shyly, as she tried to orient McLean to the rather unusual makeup of the household. According to Patty, Cinnamon became very rebellious and sarcastic toward Linda and David in January and February, and Linda, who was usually so patient and kind, had made Cinnamon stay in the trailer. She had slept inside on the night of the murder and the night before. Patty remembered, Cinny asked me if I minded if I had company and if she could sleep on the cot that rolls out from under my bed. I said, fine.